Welcome to Sitting with My Sisters. We are three friends in three different places with three different perspectives, bringing you a podcast to share the love, light, and goodness of Jesus Christ as we go through the recent general conference talks from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm one of your hosts, Melissa Hoy, and with me are my sisters, Kristen Lawler and Jamie Soam. So on this episode of City with My Sisters, we have Sister Bonnie H. Cordon from the Young Women's General President um, speaking to us. What a fantastic talk she has for us. It's that they may see. And she shares a lot of different stories of different ways that the light of Christ can, for us, can, we can shine it better to other people. So she starts it out right now by talking about the, the first vision and the pillar of light that came on. Um, Joseph Smith on how that started out the light of the restoration of the gospel as well as comparing that to the invitation that Christ gave us to let our light shine so that it can go before people and show of our good works that we may, that they may glorify the Father in heaven from us and from what we've done. Um, I I have like this topic due to the fact that I feel like there's a lot of darkness in the world right now with everything that's going on. I mean, we have COVID, we have racial issues going on. We've been hearing a lot about uh, child sex trafficking. And so just there being a topic about light, you know, there's a part where she is talking about, you know, how God, the Father, and Christ appeared to Joseph and it said their light drove back the spiritual darkness that covered the earth and I thought like how cool would that be if we as children of God could have that same power to drive back spiritual darkness that covered the earth and um, actually joined this group on Facebook where it's all about people that want to make a change or a difference in the world. And I've always been one where I want to make a change in the world, but I don't know where to start or how. And it's all about um, shining your light and not holding back and being proud of that light you have to hold. So I like this subject. I like too how she talks about being intentional about helping others see the path and thereby come unto Christ. And I think being intentional is inviting other people, talking about it, talking about your faith. But I also think it means living it too and being an, an example. Because I think especially in the times that we're in and our country and the world is so divided on so many different topics and, and there's really no right or wrong answers for a lot of them because it's not, they're all kind of entangled, you know? And there's not, it's not a simple answer. So I think being in, it's hard to say, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, and then go online or do actions that aren't very Christ-like. You know, I thought it was kind of interesting. This sounds kind of silly, but so yesterday we had to buy a new car because our engine broke. And we got like a hundred and plus like likes and comments and excitement because we bought a car and it made me think of I feel like on Facebook especially on social media how much it's 
nice to have some kind of good news, even if it's getting a new car for somebody, that's not about COVID or about the, you know, politics, about just the sad things that are happening in the world. It was nice to, I, I hope that's what it was, or maybe they just thought my family was super cute, which they are. But I just, I was surprised on how many likes and comments that we got just because I was showing, showing just that we got a new car and it was, you know, it was something unexpected for us, you know, and whatnot. And I, and I think that in some ways, if we are able to just share these little good things, then, then we should, we should do that. So. Um, I'm with you. Like there's been nights that it's just, it's just overwhelming and. I just feel so bombarded with everything, like not even counting distance learning, because that is a whole new chip on my shoulder, but I've had a hard time sleeping, and I just feel weighed down, and I know that Instagram and social media in general can be like a highlight reel, because like I personally don't post any pictures that I don't look good in, or I'm not wearing makeup, so it is definitely a highlight reel, and you don't see, you know, the trials happening behind them. And if I talk about it, I like try to make it funny or uplifting because I just can't take it anymore. I just want positive stuff in the world. Like I've been big, like and making cookies and doing stuff and, and sharing them with my friends here in Arizona. And that's just all I can take right now. So I love seeing anything positive right now. Well, she goes into some great stories about different um, ways that she's learned of how important the light is and how sometimes um, how sometimes simple how it how it gets out. So the first one she has, which I, I love the story that she she shared. Um, so she talks about when she was 10 years old, how she was able to hang out with Elder Perry. No big deal. You know, and Elder Perry. Um, has now passed on, but you know, such such a, a I've always found thought he was a nice and kind person, and so he was hanging out at their house. And at the end of the day, his mom, um, her mom said, "Bonnie, did you feed the chickens?" And I love her response too on how how quick and smart she was. She's like, she didn't do it, but she didn't want to, you know, be away from an apostle of the Lord, and so she felt, oh well, maybe the you know the chickens can fast, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but then Elder Perry um, chimed in and said, you know, I would love for me, my son, to go and feed the chickens. What a great opportunity. And so she shares of how she was all excited and, and couldn't wait to show, you know, an apostle her simple chore that she did. And she went very excitedly and it says that she went skipping over a well-worn um, path, which led her across a corn patch through a wheat field and then over a small irrigation ditch across the path to get to this chicken um, chicken coop. And because she was so happy and dancing away, Elder Perry had fallen, um, fell right into, not well, fell into, but stepped into a ditch and got his um, foot all wet and muddy um, because he didn't know where he was going. And so he stepped back and kind of given her a, a little bit of a lesson of how that she needed to see the light too of the path and how that she kind of used that example of how 
how can I light the path for somebody else in the future? I 100% relate to Elder Perry in this story. Like, I feel like my foot is in the ditch right now. And I see all of my family and friends running ahead of me and they know the path well and they have the light right in front of them. And I can see glimpses of the light, but I can't see the light in front of me. And so I'm just kind of stuck in this ditch, lost, not knowing really where to go. I'm kind of tripping and falling all over the place. And I think as members of the church, like it's easy to tell somebody like, things they need to do um, to try to get that light in their life and stuff. But I think the best is just trying to be an example and staying back with them and shining the light with them hand in hand instead of, you know, running ahead because I don't know, I, I just see a lot of people ahead of me and sometimes I just need that light to help me. <laughs> And I, when I was reading all of these things and the different steps and paths that she had to get to there, it, it reminded me of, for me, it was actually when I joined the church. Um, and I kind of thought a little bit about how many different steps um, and how many different things are happening when for someone who has not been a member of the church their whole life and they're all of a sudden coming to this whole new culture of life, um, it's really overwhelming because there's so many different, you know, uh, phrases or whatever that they use and um, I remember when I was uh, I was up in Chico for school I had been member of the church for ooh, two months maybe um, and this guy was like hey were you in FFA when you were in high school and so I responded to him like oh I just joined the church so I wasn't a part of any of the you know I didn't get any of the medallions or organizations he's like I know, FFA is Future Farmers of America. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't a part of that either, obviously. And so I just <laughs> thought it was another acronym or something that I would missed out on, you know, because I was so overwhelmed with so many different things that I didn't know what they were that I, anyway. And so um, I wonder too, of, you know, even though now that I'm integrating the church, it's become such second nature to me, how well am I helping those that are, learning about the church or or whatever it may be how how am i helping them through all these different steps and hurdles or whatnot to see the light that you know, ultimately leads them to the savior and i'd like to do better at that that's obviously for sure i really liked um what both of you guys had to say and i've been both uh bonnie and elder perry and i kind of just toggle through both of them as you know the different seasons of life happen but I think too, like being growing up a member of the church, being inactive, and then coming back, it can definitely feel overwhelming. But if you think about line upon line, precept upon precept, it really can apply to anything in life with working out or eating healthier or learning a new talent. You just do a little bit at a time and be consistent with it, and it grows. Um, I also think it got me thinking about like, you know, what parts of of life can I dance through because I've stumbled too? And you know, what am I stumbling through right now? So I love that she chose 
this story to share with us because I think there's a lot to learn and it's super relatable on both sides. Absolutely. Well, I love the next story she uh, she gives because I think it also entails of how we can be able to be a better light um, and not just dance dancer dance through the path and help those. He she gives us the example of Jesus and the woman in the well. Um, which I think is a fantastic story. It's, uh, I mean, there's songs about it. I feel like there's been so many stake belief society activities I've gone to that have been focused on the woman in the well. And I should probably do a deeper dive into knowing the story and knowing her. But, but just what she talks about right here, I, I liked how she said um, to understand who the woman is. You know, that she, she was a Samaritan and she was viewed by many as an outcast in her own society. And so what conflict for her, you know, to not feel a part of anything. And Christ there sat with her and first spoke with her of the living water. But I love the part that how he says that Christ was compassionately aware of her and her needs. And he met the woman where she was and started to, by talking about something familiar and common. And then after the conversation, that brought in of her to be able to have the excitement, to be able to say, come and see, this is the Christ. And I just I just loved this, this story. And I, like I said, I, I definitely want to put a deep dive into this to understand her and what the Savior did in this situation. I love this story and I love how she talks about it, that he was compassionately aware of her and her needs. And I like the focus that we learn about that she, that. Christ meets us where we are. And every time I hear this story, like Melissa said, it's, it's a common theme at different meetings and talks and conferences and stuff. I get something different about it each time. And I think about different examples in my own life where, you know, I wasn't active in the church, but I still had the spirit with me and I still had Christ by my side in different times, even though I didn't feel like I was worthy to. Yeah. I think also go show too. I mean, for uh, just a message for all of us, you know, um, I may be getting my facts wrong. I wish your husband was here, Jamie. She, he could correct me. So Jesus was a Gentile, correct? And the Samaritans, they were the conflict, right? Isn't a someone who's not Jewish? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I may be getting my facts wrong. I should have pondered this thought before I brought it up. Anyway, but regardless, though, what, what it's, you know, what I feel like it's showing to any of us, it doesn't matter where we're at, um, what we're doing. Christ will come to us at all stages. And so I hope that we all can remember that whether we're on our highest high or lowest low, that we, that he will come to all of us where we're at. We don't have to get to a higher mountain to, to find him. Well, and I think it's important for us to be able to follow that example and also meet people where they are too. You know? So anyway, so the next story has, uh, next story she gives us is two, two stories of 
um, I was going to say non-Christ people, <laughs> just regular LDS people, Latter-day Saints, um, uh, two, two stories on how they were able to be an example and be able to shine a little bit of light in their situations. One of them was this guy named Kevin who was in a business meeting and was, he was sitting for a couple hours trying to figure out how he can be able to, to even connect at all or have a conversation. And after a prompting, he decided to ask him about his family, which led to him talking about family history and which led to the guy asking him why he feels the families are so important, which he was able to share his testimony of what he believes in family. And then the other one was from Ella, who was a basketball player and how she got a mission call. And so she prayed multiple times to figure out how she can be able to share her the reason why she's going on a mission. Why is she stopping and playing basketball with her team? You know, I played basketball in, in high school and you know, you are definitely, you guys are all the same. You all are one and you want to be, you know, all together on that. And so to step away from that team is a huge deal. Um, so she shared them why she was doing it in a PowerPoint presentation, which I thought was awesome. And how she shared why she was doing this, why it was important, I was able to bear her testimony. And I just thought it was such a beautiful stories of these two people. And, and I liked how the two commonalities that they had is one is that Kevin just was following a prompting that he had and Ella continued to pray about it. So they both were really trying to strive to be close to the spirit. So that way they can be able to know what to do in the situation and how they can be able to share their testimony um, with those around them. I love how after she shares these stories, she says, in case you are thinking, these are great 1000 watt examples, but I'm a 20 watt bulb. Remember that the savior testified, I am the light which ye hold up. And when I read that, I kind of laughed out loud because I literally feel like a zero watt bulb. <laughs> like, it's hard to explain to people when like you're going through a faith crisis. Like a lot of people will say to you like, oh, but you know, you shine so brightly. And when you don't feel it yourself, it's hard to believe when people tell you that. And so um, that was a great reminder. And just now, you know, this story popped into my head of a recent experience I had. I I went somewhere with my daughter to meet up with a friend and her daughter who aren't members of the church, um, but her mother-in-law is a member. And when my friend and her daughter left to go do something, her mother came up to me and was like, you are such a blessing to my family. Like, I am so grateful you are a part of my daughter-in-law's life. And my granddaughter's life and you are such a light for us. And I was like taken back by that comment because I'm like, how can I be a light when I'm going through all these struggles? And I actually came home and I told my husband, like she referred to me as a light in her life. Like that I was a blessing. Can you believe that? <laughs> I can. <laughs> so I have some wattage in me, you guys. I do. Yep. It's not zero. It's like 1.5. 1. 1.5. 1. <laughs> no, more larger than that. I, in my notes, um, next, to, next to that section, I wrote, don't compare your journey or testimony to someone else. Because all of us, we've talked about this before, but it's a personal conversion. 
And some people have these big thousand megawatt things in their lives that turn them to Christ. But I know for myself, and I think for a majority of people even, it's, it's little things that over time built to something great. It wasn't one significant moment, but a lot of little moments that added up to something big. I mean, if you look, like if you just think about um, a Christmas vacation, how his house was so lit up, it wasn't because of one bulb. It was like thousands and thousands of bulbs working together and how, you know, just if you think about a Christmas light, like sometimes one bulb can be out, but the string still lights up or how sometimes a bulb can be out and then the whole thing's just gone to crap. I think it's important to think about and remember those times in your life that Christ has answered your, your, that your prayers have been answered, that Christ walked through those journeys with you and so that you can keep your Christmas light lit. Yeah. I mean, these, I think these examples, like I said, like they were, they were a thousand watt examples because they were, they were relying on the savior. Um, you know, I think of the so many different things that happened to me before I joined the church. Um, the conversation I had with one of my dear friends, tell me about the church. I mean, there's things that she said, if you take away the spirit and the promptings that she had are just, they wouldn't get me interested in a religion, um, you know, and there was, you know, I remember one time actually that made me start really respecting um, members of the church where a group of my friends, we were all watching a movie and it was a rated R movie that came on. And so they, half of them decided to just go do something else. They weren't rude about it. They weren't mean about it. They're like, oh, we'll just, you guys watch the movie. Have fun. We're just going to figure something else. Do we're going to get some eat or something. Very respectful. And then they decided not to watch the movie. And it was a huge example. And it was such a shining light, a thousand watt example, because they were just trying to follow um, and be closer to the Savior. And I just thought that was, that was, that we all can be that thousand watt example if we just kind of rely on the Savior to help us on these things. So the last little bit she talks about, she kind of gives a challenge to us of what we can do. How can we be that light for other people? Um, and she gives us that, that challenge to pray about these things, to let our light shine, to be able to find out those opportunities. I really liked a little part where she talks about, you know, when we talked this earlier about being intentional, she's like, we can intentionally shine our light so others may see. We can extend an invitation. We can watch, uh, walk the journey and those who are taking a step toward the Savior. And I, she says, no matter how halting, and I looked up halting as the word just because it caught my eye of what that it was. And halting means slow and hesitant with a, especially a lack of confidence. So even if you have lack of confidence, even if you are slow moving, if you are wanting to take a step to the Savior, we can still be a light to other people. And I just love that that idea to be able to have that with us. I like to not to give up on them, even if it's halting. When I um, took out my endowments at the temple, there was just one other couple. To, um, it was just the husband taking out his endowments at that same session. And him and his wife had been married for over 20 years where she had been a faithful member their whole lives and their children were as well, but he was, you know, lonely holdout. 
And could you imagine 20 years and what the conversations that they've had? And, you know, I wonder what his journey looked like. Did he take, you know, what was keeping him from joining sooner? Or was he always a member? Or, you know, kind of what his journey looked like? And what did her journey look like in loving and supporting and being there for him and not giving up? Yeah. Gives me some hope. Knock on wood, I hope so too. I'm actually gonna be spending the day with my mom tomorrow and I'm hoping that some kind of light from my parents, I mean, for my, for my kids and for me, shines, uh, shines on her, <laughs> maybe one of these days. Um, one thing too, um, sorry, uh, with this talk and with this general conference up in total too, um, I feel like there was a focus on helping everybody come to Christ and ministering to others and being a friend and reaching out. And I don't know if it's just something that I keep seeing, if it's something that I need to learn or do or focus on, but I like that so many talks have focused about how we're not supposed to be doing it alone and how to do it um, with somebody else and how to be there for someone or follow their lead. Well, you know, our last talk that we just talked about was about, you know, the priesthood on how it's something for us to work together with and use it together, you know, and this is the same thing as we bring our lights together, um, it just makes us shine and, and um, illuminate the Savior even more. And that's just, that's what we're supposed to do, even though we have a society that tells us to, you know, think about me or every, every man is every man for yourself. That's what my dad would tell me growing up whenever it was his time to cook dinner for the family. He would just say, every man for yourself. You make your own meal. That was his, so I heard that a lot growing up. Anyway, um, well, it was a great talk. It was like, I don't know, I, I, a lot of things I, I wanted to ponder about a little bit more that I, I should have, should have read it probably maybe a week ago so that way I can have some of my thoughts more together but it was a lot of things that made me ponder a little bit more and like always we have some great quotes and i kept mine as short as possible this time <laughs> just saying I was, I was proud of myself anyway jimmy why don't you start off with your quote and then i'll do mine and then Kristen can finish us off okay mine was towards the beginning it says be more intentional about helping others see the path and thereby come unto Christ. And like we talked about in the beginning, I just really like the idea of being intentional, being aware of where others are and trying to help and shine a light any way that I can. Awesome. Uh, mine's that it's, um, so that the Lord's invitation to let our light so shine is not just about randomly waving a beam of light and making the world generally brighter. It is about focusing our light so others may see the way to Christ. And just naturally by being good natured, you're going to make the world brighter. Bottom line. But if we can focus better on our light so others people can be able to bring their light, it'll bring it to the Savior. And I feel like are again like i said before our, we'll illuminate more than just make the world a little bit brighter but we'll illuminate the good that's out there 
Uh, my favorite quote is after her examples with the thousand watt um, examples versus a 20 watt one. It is, he reminds us that he will bring the light if we will just point others to him. You and I have enough light to share right now. We can light the next step to help someone draw near to Jesus Christ. I just love it. I think it's such a great, a great quote about sharing our lights and how it doesn't have to be something large, even the small things. What's that quote about even the smallest light can penetrate the dark, the darkest of the dark? Yeah. Sounds like a good one. It sounds like a good one. Yeah. I like it. And I think Martin Luther King has one that's along that line that I'd look up, but one of my kids has my phone for as bribery to not yell. <laughs> and they did well because they haven't yelled at all. So that's awesome. All right. Well, that was called the, the challenge that she had. I think I've already said it, but I'll just state it again. The challenge that she had is to be compassionate, be compassionately aware of those around us. Look and pray for opportunities to let your light shine that others may see the way to Jesus Christ. Um, definitely, you know, share your examples on how what light you've done to help other people to be able to see the good that is out there, even though if you turn on the news or you listen to anything on social media, it doesn't seem like there is, but I do believe there is. I do believe that there, that the, that we have a, a wonderful prophet that's, that's guiding us and leading us right now that we don't need to fear and a lot of goods in there. So please share us what you've done to share your light in this time and, or where, what light you've seen that's really helped you line up your light a little bit more. Sense. So, and uh, we'll see you next time. Next week, we're going to go over Elder Holland's talk. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm not going to lie. I like Elder Holland. He's one of my favorites. It's already highlighted. So, but we'll see you next time on City with My Sisters. Adios.